0: hey guys welcome to the comic trope we're in a small room level 42 in the negative zone and that's all i got i have <laughs> sequoia to the right of me amos to the left here i am stuck in the middle with both of you blake here and we're going to talk about comics Yay. So let's do some um, let's do some icebreakers and talk about the worst cameos in comic books. Let's start with Amos. Amos, Talk about some cameos. Well, I can <laughs> I literally thought of one
1: where in I don't remember if it was Superman or Action Comics. I think it was Action Comics for some reason where Superman goes to a planetarium to hang out with Neil DeGrasse Tyson, who looks like a wizard, a star wizard. In that issue, <laughs> wearing his sleeveless vest covered in stars and magic. Well, and yeah, we, they look at exploding Krypton
0: We first. can't be sure that he doesn't actually own that. He could have probably in and been like, draw me in this. Because he's into <laughs> magic. Because I,
2: he's a magician. I'm sure whoever... I, I, I know that issue. I, I forgot who did the art in it, but I'm sure he had... Uh, photo reference from uh-huh. the of the so I'm sure he had a photo of him wearing that actual vest he's got a and wand and a top hat Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a wand and a top hat everywhere he
1: goes so yeah that's my that's my weird cameo he's the
0: Gandalf of space <laughs> that's the best title you could ever have uh, Space, space Gandalf. Gandalf no big deal it's pretty amazing actually. So, mine mine and we've talked about this earlier is any political figure that kind of shows up in a comic that you're reading and they don't say it's President Obama or President George W. Bush. It's either like a black president who kind of looks like Obama or some country ass dude who is poorly speaking and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's George W. Bush." I don't like that. Make up this is this is not earth. This is a universe that is made in comics. Let's, you know, have our own presidents. I'm trying to think of famous presidents from bad movies. Um, Arnold's been a president. Who else has been a president? They should just have Jed Bull in the West Wing. There you be go.
1: The <laughs> president and everything.
2: He's the best president that never existed. Yeah. What about you, Uh It's not so much a cameo appearance as it is. I just do not like when comic books uh, name drops celebrities of that current era. Uh, in the book, so I mean, this I guess technically goes all the way back to like Jerry Lewis having his own comic or the Beatles showing up and stuff. But <laughs> the book that we're going to review later, Civil War, uh, this one's fresh in my mind. Uh, I, I, they name drop Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. You know, are hanging out at this nightclub and going to hang out with Johnny Storm, and it's just so dated and silly, and it's... I I just think it's
0: stupid. Has to make you feel better that right as he says that a mob of people beat the shit out of him. (laughs) He's got this, he's got this chick on one hand and he's like, I'm gonna go flame on with these Paris Hilton types. And then, nope, I'm gonna get my ass wet. Yeah, he gets beaten up by
2: a mob.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I was like, I, I guess, you know, I don't know him all that well either not being much of a Fantastic Four reader, but I was like, "How how fantastic is he? If a bottle to the back of the head just lays him out, and he's Look, done in. I mean, he's in the hospital for a week. What's
0: he gonna do? Flame on and kill a bunch of? I don't people? know.
1: In my head, they're just all super strong. <laughs> every every superhero is vulnerable to a punch from a normal person.
2: Oh, how how good would that feel? Now I don't want to give away, give away anything too too quick, but you do realize that that series begins and ends with a mob of people yelling, hold him down! Because, like, they, 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 they mob Johnny Storm at the beginning and they mob Captain America at
0: the end. The people are angry. Yeah. yeah. If you guys haven't noticed, Mom, the only person who's probably listening, Amos' mom, the only person who's probably listening, is that we're going to talk about Civil War because the movie. That's the only reason. This would be our first review of a comic book that we don't love. (laughs) Yeah. But it's Marvel, so I'll be happy. And you guys might have noticed that we're we're minus one person. Um, Hashtag Smiling Dave couldn't be here. The main reason he's not here is because he texted me about three days ago, and he was like, we need to change the name of this show. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. He was like, no one's listened to it anyways. And I was like, shut up, Dave. (laughs) And he was like, we should call it Sit Down Comics. Because, get it? We're sitting down and reading comics, and we're not funny. Um, Hey, let's talk about comics. The status quo, as of late,
1: is that Steve Rogers is an old man. And he's just doing old man things. And Sam Wilson has taken over the role of Captain America. And... He is a very different character. The role means something different to him. And so what the writer, whose name I can't remember right now... Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer, thank you. Has done with that is put Captain America in situations that are controversial or politically charged in a way that you don't see Steve Rogers. Uh, So in the first couple issues, they talk about illegal immigration... And, uh, you know, in a very comic booky way, there's a terrorist group that's terrorizing immigrants. And, uh, you know, Sam Wilson puts the hurt on him. Uh, but he has pretty outspoken opinions on these issues, and, and that gets him into a lot of controversy where, you know, people think he, he should be above the fray and not talk about this or that. But he's like, nah, I'm, I have opinions on this stuff, and here they are. So
0: it's it's just very different from from Steve Steve Rogers and I think that's kinda cool. As Cap Captain America's always been presented as a flat character when it comes to when he's fighting crime. Not um not like his personal relationships, not his relationships with other Avengers, but when it comes to like him going out and fighting crime, it's there's bad guys and there's good guys, and that's it. And that's not Sam Wilson's Captain America. And so when he goes down to what arizona or wherever he's going somewhere in texas to fight the sons of serpents right (laughs) you know you're good guys if you call yourselves that yeah and everyone's kind of on the sons of serpents side because they're keeping the illegals out and sam wilson's like no that's wrong and then that's when we see um steve rogers come and he's like hey stop fighting the sons of serpents which is stupid I love how cantankerous Steve Rogers has become. That he's old. Yeah. <laughs> he, he aged physically, but he also just adopted all of the stereotypes of a cranky yeah. old man. Things I don't like that they're forcing Sam Wilson to go through is that he has to take uh, he has to fly coach everywhere he goes because he doesn't have money. He's not part of Shield. Uh-huh. Um, Maria Hill is hates him. Even when he brings in bad guys, she's like, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Um, so it kind of makes Captain America not the all-American crime fighter. He is, he's becoming more of a Luke Cage or a, uh, or even kind of like a a Spider-Man in the sense where he's on his own. Uh, he's more of a heroes for hire kind of thing. Right. I like that. I like it a lot. He's a
2: poor black superhero. (laughs) Ouch! Now that you just brought that up, I'm like, holy shit! I'm sorry.
0: No, it's true. Like I just noticed now that they're basically making Captain America a poor black superhero. Can't can't catch a break because the man keeps holding him down. Yeah, the man even holds down Captain Fucking America. I know. Oh man. Well, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Don't. Um, good news: Captain America becomes white again. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't let this go on for a long. <laughs> good how many episodes did it go? Or how many? Seven. seven. Yeah, that's Man. Sam Wilson, Captain America. That's Sam Wilson. Seven. So, but now, um, and good news is they already put out Captain America White, so they can't name. <laughs> they can't name the the new Captain America, Captain America White. Oh, man. It's so messed up. And I feel like we bring it up every every time we talk that we don't want him to go back to being um, Captain America colon wings or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, they're going to... Colon
1: wings. I do not want to try colon wings. <laughs> that sounds terribly thankful.
2: Well, I think they're going to try and keep the two books running simultaneously. Yeah, they are. You're going to have Steve Rogers, Cap- Steve Rogers, Captain America... And uh, Sam Wilson, and Captain America. Who's all of his sidekicks? <laughs> who Misty Knight? Yeah, <laughs> they're like, what?
0: <laughs> oh my god! Like, hey, who could be who could be a good sidekick for a Black
2: Captain America? I'm Misty Knight. Oh man. Really? Do they have any like prior history with the, with one another? I don't think so. Who has she
0: had the relationship with for the longest Luke time? Luke Cage.
2: Dude?
0: Was it Luke Cage? Yeah. Or was it someone else too? That so she was in oh, like the first um, I'm sorry inter- ran.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 She
0: was in the yeah. first it was the first um interracial couple in comic books. Yes. And that
2: and that goes all the way back to the seventies, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And what's the name of the guy in Sam Wilson, Captain America, who turns into a bird? Oh he's got, shit. He's got freaky huge eyes. Oh, he's like <laughs> the new Falcon. He's yeah, new uh, Falcon. He, looks he, like, he
0: becomes <laughs> a bird though. Yeah, so that's what we got about Captain America. You should check it out. It's better than we've described it. (laughs) Like most of the things we talk about, they're better than we make them sound. Uh, Squid, do you have anything you want to talk about?
2: Yes, uh, I was going to talk about Wonder Woman Earth One, written by Grant Morrison and drawn by Yannick Paquette. And uh, I have to say, I've been on a roll here recently reading books that I just don't particularly care for. (laughs) Um... I bought it because I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan, and I'll read just about anything that guy does. And But the last couple years, I have been very disappointed by his work, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but um, if you're not familiar with the whole Earth One series, basically the idea was uh, DC Comics wanted to publish these original graphic novels <clears throat> to try to test out the format to see if there is a market. For people buying one and done stories that aren't single issue comics, but are actually like you know hundred page graphic novels. And um, the Earth One line is basically where they have they take they they have a new take on their pre existing characters like Superman, Batman, and uh, the Teen Titans. Those are the previous ones they've done, and a lot of them read like movie pitches. To be honest with you, um, a lot of people have referred to the Earth One books as being sort of like uh, DC's version of uh, the Ultimates line for Marvel. But um, what Morrison tried to do with Wonder Woman was uh, he wanted to kind of go back to all the original material that was in uh, the Wonder Woman comic when she first appeared, you know, written by William Moulton Marston, which if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend you guys read um, The Secret History of Wonder Woman. It talks about the guy who created William Moulton Marston, who was the inventor of the... uh, lie detector test so you know there's some correlation there with the whole you know lasso of truth but the thing about marston is that true story the guy was um i guess uh I, i don't know what wave of feminism i guess it would be first wave feminism uh you know from susan b anthony on like the the early women's suffrage movement he was really a huge proponent of that back in the day uh but also at the same time he was into some really kinky bondage, domination, submission stuff, and his his philosophy was that uh, the world would be a much better place if men... Uh, allow themselves to submit to uh, uh, a matriarchal society and a lot of that goes into the Wonder Woman comic so Morrison wanted to kind of address that because if you go back and read that stuff there is a lot of kinky you know Wonder Woman's only weakness was that if she could be tied up or bound she was like as weak as a kid but otherwise like she was as strong as Hercules um, you have the whole thing with the Last sort of t- Truth, and there's there's a lot of weird sci-fi stuff in the old Wonder Woman comics. Like they ride around on Paradise Island on like giant kangaroos, and they have this uh, <laughs> like purple ray of healing, you know. So it's it's just like this weird sci-fi mashup with like Greek mythology and all this crap. But um, kangaroos, giant kangaroos is what yeah that was their mode of transportation. <laughs> I've been missing out. Yeah, I didn't know any <laughs> of this. But Morrison, I mean, he tries to address all that stuff, and it's kind of neat to, you know, remember that that's what that character used to be, but trying to take that and put it in a modern context, it kind of makes me glad that Wonder Woman has really changed and evolved over the years, and I don't think that would just, that take on that character would just not work. In this era, era, you know, bondage stuff aside, and the whole, you know, submission and all that crap. The one thing he did manage to do with the character that I, I've always said they should do: make Wonder Woman a lesbian, or at least bisexual, because it just does not make sense for her to have grown up on this island of women, and they aren't all lesbians. I, it's just, <laughs> I, I, just saying—it's just the most logical thing. So he does that. Um, just imagine you're writing that in the '40s. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, kids, here's an island of lesbians. Well, you know, they they hint at it a lot in the old comics and such. But uh, you know, Marston, the guy who originally created Wonder Woman, uh, he and his wife back in those days, they kind of they had a third live-in lover. They were like a polyamorous man. Uh, trio. I mean, it's really interesting stuff. Um, but I mean, the book itself, man. I d- didn't care for it. I mean, it was just kind of silly and trite. I, I love the artwork. Yannick, Yannick Paquette can do no wrong. And I think the other thing that disappointed me about it, I feel like it took them so long to put this out that I've already, I had already fallen in love with Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang's redo of Wonder Woman with the new 52. And I think that's just a, that's just such a tonally right fit you know, uh, take on that character that this I it just doesn't compare. So I'm not gonna tell you to not read it or buy it, but I just did not care for it whatsoever. It just did nothing for me, you know. So, so <laughs> what
0: what Wonder Woman books would you suggest? Because uh, I've never i to be honest with you, and no surprise here, <laughs> I've never read any. Wonder Woman, anything. So, if I were to pick up one book where I where I'd be like, actually, I don't, I don't hate
2: this character. Which one would it be, in your opinion? Uh, I've never read Greg Rucka's run. That's one I hear a lot of people speak highly of. Um, him and Gail Simone. My personal favorites were uh, Phil Jimenez's run because he took. Wonder Woman at that time, you know, he he took a lot of her modern elements, but you could tell he was a huge fan of the Linda Carter show from the late '70s. So he incorporated a lot of that back into the book, and that's you know sort of my reference point for Wonder Woman's that show. So it was kind of neat to see that stuff, and he really humanizes the character. So uh, Phil Jimenez's run, I love Azarello and Chain's run. A lot of people don't because there's some kind of questionable things that come up about the Amazons and. Wonder Woman's origin and stuff, but I felt like to redefine that character for the 21st century, especially if you know DC wants to make this big movie franchise, you know, with all their characters. That is such that that really worked for me. So honestly, read Azrael and Chang's run. Um, I think it's the new 52 version. So basically, yeah. it's like the first six volumes of Wonder Woman New 52. I think they call like Blood Guts. Yeah you know stone like each of them have single uh, word titles but I think blood is the first volume if I'm not mistaken. Good stuff. Okay, I'll have to add it to the list of
0: stuff Sequoia told me to read. (laughs) Um, Well I'll kind of continue the theme of strong female comic book characters and talk about the new Spider Woman uh, written by Dennis Hopeless and uh, penciled Javier Rodriguez Inc by Lo- Alvaro Lopez and this is a character that got a lot of slack 2 years ago for being oversexed. There's that famous cover of her on top of a uh, building with a perfect butt. That's like the M- Milo
2: Manara. Minoru- yeah, guy. right? Yeah. The
0: heart-shaped butt. that is a wonderful cover, but at the same time kind of speaks to everything that's wrong about women in comic books. And the new Spider-Woman run, or even this run and the one before uh, Secret Wars, is a lot different. She is a kind of thrown into a detective series. And this current one, she's pregnant. She just had her baby. But the one that I read that, that... really spoke to me is that uh, Captain Marvel is like, hey, you're about to have your baby. Why don't you go to the space station and get checked up and have your baby there? Because it's like the safest place. All superheroes are going there. It turns out it's in a black hole which can't be good. Where else would you have (laughs) a kid? And the Kree have taken it over when she's there because they want to kill the Prince Kree who is supposed to be the next, uh, leader of the Kree, but, you know, the Rebellion Kree want to kill him so that someone else can be the leader. Blah, blah, blah. But basically what happens is she has to save this space station while pregnant, and then she has her baby and fights people at the same time. And it is fantastic. <laughs> it, it is just action, action, action. And the, the humor in it is is really great. Um... And it's all about her kicking ass. There's a bunch of other moms that are kicking
2: ass and kill killing Cree, and it's really easy to kill Cree. <laughs> so you know. Just so you know that's Cree with a K, mm-hmm. not C-R-E-E as in the Cree Indians. Yep. Keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> Very different take. Very Although different. I'm sure take. it was quite easy to kill them with smallpox back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Oh <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <sorry. laughs>
1: Smallpox jokes.
2: Well I was gonna say, like going back to the whole thing with Spider Woman. I mean, you know, at that time with that cover, I remember there being a big controversy, but that's Milo Minara. That's what that guy does is erotic art. So I think Marvel really knew what they were doing when they hired him, but
0: Absolutely. It didn't go over yeah.
2: well at all whatsoever. No, but um and
0: I forget who does this, but there is a it's kind of a feminist blog, but not really. I wish I could it's figure it out. Very soon. But they take famous comic book, sexy comic book characters, and they just put Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, yeah. I exactly <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. So they redraw Hawkeye like being all sexy oh, in those that. poses. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yes, I've seen they, that. It makes light of it, and it makes the point, and it's also funny. Right. So, uh, Google sexy Hawkeye and you'll find that. It's, uh, it's worth it. But, I think that the Spider-Woman comics are amazing, and I also think that Anyone listening should check out all the other uh, female spider characters that are going on right now. The Silk, those comic books are really good. They're, all, they're coming together for um, some kind of a mini event. Spider-Women. Spider-Women, yeah. and it's, it's also fantastic, and um, it's got Spider-Gwen in it, of course. And it's definitely the best spider book going on right now, right. for sure. Uh, really good stuff. We are now going to review, or at least speak about, the Civil War comics, uh, the main the main seven run, because the movie came out, and they really have nothing
2: to do with each other. I, I did a little a uh, little bit of research um, about Civil War. I did not realize it was thirty eight titles in total that went in that comprised this entire series, and it ran from. July of 2006 to January 2007, and it was late by at least three or four months for a few issues. Uh, Mostly accommodating the artist Steve McNiven. It's a huge friggin' crossover. Probably the biggest Marvel's ever done uh, prior to Secret Wars. I think that's been their biggest recently. But uh, I just remember at the time it coming out, it was just ridiculous like people were really invested in it as far as like you know whose side are you on Captain America or Iron Man Um, it was a huge event and I loosely read it at the time this is my first time actually reading it in its entirety god (laughs) (laughs) it
0: was a big deal when it came out it was to kind of piggyback on what you said there was never really an event um, by Marvel that pretty much scraped everything that was going on and did only Civil War stuff. You cannot find a comic book between the start and finish that isn't Civil War. Even the Moon Knight, because I have to talk about Moon Knight, right? (laughs) Even the Moon Knight, like two or three comics that came out in that span, talk about Civil War. He's visited by Iron Man. And I mean, and usually Moon Knight is very outside um, the Marvel universe. Mark Miller, if you're listening, Mark, <laughs> why, why? <laughs> um, and Steve McNiven are the main, uh, the main two for this. And it starts off in a reality TV show, and these are the New Mutants or New Warriors? What are these? Uh, new Warriors. New Warriors, and. There are some B, B-level bad guys inside a house. They've escaped from Rikers Island or something like that. And uh, they're taking the trash out. <laughs> and they know, or sorry, the new warriors know they're outgunned. They know this is going to, they, they know that they should not engage. But they do it for the ratings. And this is being recorded. Um, and who is the, the ma- Dazzler, what the fuck? what is this guy's name? Um, oh Speedball so Speedball that's right Speedball is the one pushing everyone I like superheroes named after drugs yeah (laughs) Uh, he is followed with Namorita and Dimebag and Dimebag
1: Daryl I would read the hell out of that (laughs) comic. how you doing brother (laughs) blow you away with riffs
0: blow you away with riffs yep Uh, Prison Walk? What is that song? No. I don't know. So they raid raid these B-level bad guys. And they're doing pretty good until uh, they run into um, Nitro. Nitro. Nitro's power is that he can blow himself up. Right. And he survives being blown up. Pretty cool. Pretty cool uh, power there. You can just blow up. Also makes it pretty difficult to engage that bad guy. Right. Hence why the new warriors shouldn't be doing it. And of all people, Namorita. <laughs> Let's be honest, um, Namorita not the
2: most powerful superhero. I mean, she should because she's a Submariner's cousin, so she's a Atlantean or whatever. Sure. Know. So you book her, but, but yeah, she's not, not. But she's not the Atlantean.
0: No, she's, she's you know? not. She's not. Um, she's, she is on the New Warriors. Right. So I like at the beginning of this, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Nova, one of my favorite comic book characters of all time, um, the real Nova, not new kid Nova, um, uh, Rick Ryder. Rick Ryder, yeah. yeah. So he is mentioned at the beginning, and they're like, we have to get better ratings since he went back to space. I love how they name drop every character. In the Civil War series, like you cannot go two or three pages without someone mentioning a comic book character if they're not going to be in the comic book. Exactly. Which is a which is a negative for this comic. It's
2: let's see how many superheroes we can fit. Well, just the fact that it's you know a superhero reality show. I mean that dates the book a lot. I mean this is two thousand six, so and it's been done better before. Yes. Um, let's not forget Dupe
0: himself was carrying right. the. Uh, the he was the cameraman for um, X Force for X Force, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah those yeah. Are, those are some good comics. So um, guess what? Namorita and Nitro blow up a bunch of children.
1: Yay! No, not yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing. But in all honesty, when I read it the first time, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. They just killed a bunch of kids, so I didn't think it was a horrible start. If, if you guys haven't noticed while we go through this, is that I did not like this book, but um, things that happened in the book I did like. It's weird. Like there's a lot of really cool comic booky stuff that happens, but as a but as a whole, the story does not is not very good. And also, if you want to, re- like we're only going through the Civil War one through seven. If you actually want to understand. The entirety of Civil
2: War, you pretty much have to read 40 comics. Yeah, like, the, the main books that really affected the overall series were Iron Man, Captain America, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, uh, Civil War Frontline... Um, those, I think, were the necessary ones. Yeah, those were the necessary you can, you can You can dig much deeper,
0: but pretty much you can ignore all X anything. Yeah, X-Men barely. Um, there's even a Deadpool-Cable Civil War, which yeah. you can totally ignore. <laughs> like It does not matter that Deadpool's pro-Cap and is pro-Iron Man. It doesn't matter. But they did it, which is the problem with this comic. Uh, so, all the superheroes come together at Ground Zero... And they help save the people who are trapped under rubble. Um, both sides. This is this is the only time in the entire run that everyone is unified instead of help the remaining children. Uh, you have Sentinels working next to Wolverine, um, Cyclops working next to everyone else because he doesn't like anyone. <laughs> Tony Stark and a few other people go to the funerals. And he gets spit on by some lady. And he's like, have this lady removed. <laughs> and she's like, well, my kid just died. How are you going to remove me from my own funeral? And I think that is uh, when we, we see Tony decide that he needs to do something. She spits a giant loogie at him. It is very large. It looks
1: like one of Spider-Man's webs is shooting
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sadness, Loogie? It's from all that crying she was she it's the crying she's doing. She's built up l- a l- lot l- of l- flum <laughs>
0: and snot. I, I would like to believe that she was just waiting to find Tony Stark. She's just, she just, just been like. like <laughs> she was just the whole
2: time, she was just filling it up <laughs> piece by piece. I like that super villain. <laughs> That's Toad, right? Well, I, one thing I do have to say, like you have to remember at this time, t- comic book Tony Stark was very much a jerk because this was prior to Robert Downey Jr. playing the character in the Iron Man movies, and at this point, nobody liked Iron Man. Tony Stark, so they could write him as much as as big of an asshole as they wanted to. I always saw him
0: as just some playboy who was in a badass suit. And this comic book didn't help. I love, love to hate Iron Man.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Hating Iron Man is the best part of Iron Man. Because you know he's a good guy, but you just hate him anyways. So when he gets beat up, or when he's in a comic that's shitty, you're like, that's a shitty comic book because Iron Man's in it. (laughs) Um, Have you read any of the post-Secret Wars Iron Man? Yeah. um, I like it, but... I've actually only read the Iron Man where it's flashbacks. What is that? In uh, he there's so there's two Iron Man books going on right now. There's like International s- International Invincible. Iron Man is what I'm reading. I'm talking about Invincible. So oh, Invincible's yeah. good? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it a lot. I haven't read that, but I've read and I've been reading International Iron Man. It's okay. I think I can't remember if it's Bendis or Bendis and
1: Aaron. Bendis is doing that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's doing yeah. International. And it's see he to me, his strong suits are what Miller does not excel at. Like, Bendis's dialogue is very believable to me. It has kind of a similar feel to like Joss Whedon sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and they come across as clever, relatable characters. That is a giant loogie.
2: Well, that's the, that's Mark Millar. I mean, you know, this is him post his run of Ultimates for Marvel Comics, uh, post authority. Um and he was really riding high. Uh and, but he's a guy I've always felt has a way with writing very unlikable characters. Like he really excels at that. And I, I, I think part of it's on purpose because he's trying to create superheroes that have personality flaws. You know, so, you know, when they're a dick, they really are. I feel like <laughs> you know? he overcorrected in this though. Because I don't think there's a likable character in Civil War. No, there isn't. Oddly enough, I mean, you would think it would be Captain America, but, but it's, he's...
0: It's not, because even at, even at when I was reading it the first time, I didn't like either of them. I mean, I, you know what? I didn't hate Spider-Man no. in it, but I definitely didn't like him. Anyways, back to the book. What's happening is the public, ha- it's their last straw. They, they say it like seven times. It's yeah. the straw that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> hey, gang, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Speaking. 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 <laughs> this is the literal straw. Um, it's bad, right? And so She-Hulk comes out on the Larry David show, I think. Larry, Larry King. Larry King. Larry David. Larry, King. Larry, David. <laughs> Larry David, different person. I'm speaking with She-Hulk today. <laughs> I'm speaking with She-Hulk. And she says, well... Is your Larry King impression? It's bad. It's bad. They're both bad, okay? (laughs) Okay. I can't pretend it's also my Bernie Sanders. (laughs) 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 We have a huge (laughs) problem (laughs) now. Really bad at accents. Okay, but She-Hulk is saying, hey, yeah, superheroes need to be here, but we need to be trained. I mean, these are like 18-year-old kids, 16-year-old kids. We need to be trained by the government. We need to have... Bosses, we need it needs to be more like a military, and the public should have access to all our information, or at least the government should. That there needs to be some kind of consistency in our superhero
2: population. You got to remember what the status of a lot of these characters were in their books at that time, because if I'm not mistaken, Tony Stark was, uh, uh, Lord was it, uh, head of the Department of De- of Defense, so he actually was a government employee. Yep. Um, at that time, he was Secretary of Defense. And um, the thing about Civil War and I guess that whole stance is very much a metaphor for the Patriot Act in the real world at that time. So um, that was the whole stance Millar um, was trying to, was trying to take. It was like, you know, let's take this real world thing and apply it to superhero characters.
1: Why Same thing really? with Secret
2: Wars, like you know how we all got sucked into a
1: an alternate dimension like a year ago. <laughs> and now everything's different, but we don't know about it.
0: Great bad part of the book is that Johnny Storm flies into a club with a hottie on his arm, and like we said earlier, they're like, hey! Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan are waiting for you. And he's like, oh, sweet. flame on, <laughs> flame on indeed. Uh-oh. Beer cut- bottle. He's cutting line and uh, some dangerous-looking thugs who are wearing funny glasses are, uh, just jump him and call him a baby killer. Which, sure, why not? And uh, they beat him up. And he goes to the hospital and his... Um. And Reed Richards couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Doesn't even visit the guy. Yeah. God, talk about unlikable characters. Millard is best. <laughs> yeah And at this point, we have uh, all of the comic book characters in the Marvel universe, like all of them. Yes. In um, in someone's apartment. Whose apartment is that? I'm
2: assuming that's Avengers, Avengers Tower.
0: Avengers Tower, Tower, the Baxter Building, something like that. Yeah. They're all like, oh, what's going to happen? Denny's. Oh my gosh, what's going <laughs> to happen? Superior, uh, I mean, Iron Spider-Man shows up. And he's like, no, we really should, uh, there should be more control. Which, uh, when I was first reading this, did not think Spider-Man would be joining uh, Iron Man. So I think it was a good call to put him on Iron Man's side because it was surprising. Captain America is in a helicarrier with uh, Maria Hill, another incredibly unlikable character. Yes. Have
2: we ever liked Maria Hill? No, no I don't think. God, she's, she's awful. awful. I, I think the only time I liked Maria Hill was when she was portrayed by Colby Smulders. Yep, that was it.
0: So she's talking to Captain America. Captain America is like, "What you want me to be your soldier for this? No, I can't do that." And they talk. She talks a little bit more smack and tries to put him in his place. And the whole time, you're like, I can't believe Captain America hasn't just beat the shit out of everyone. And then he beats the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, rides a plane. <laughs> yeah, jumps on the back jumps, of an F-16.
1: Jumps on the back of it, <laughs> Surfing I, a fighter jet. Surfing a fighter jet into the sun. If that's not America, I can't imagine what is. If he was eating a burger
0: while he was <laughs> surfing on this plane, it would have been that much better. Yep. And then um, our big boy in the sky shows up to the Baxter building. Uatu The Watcher. Watchutu, what's his name? Uatu. Uatu <laughs> the watcher. Watchutu. <laughs> Uatu shows up, doesn't say anything, because that's all he does in every comic book. He shows up and they're like, who is this guy? someone else is like, Oh you don't know the watcher, yet. He just he's just this giant bald guy that lives on the moon that shows up when important stuff happens. Not weird at all. I'm a watcher. I watch shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a watcher. Oh, man. I'm a shit watcher. Watch shit go by. And then we find out that it's going to be law that you have to unmask and register, and that's the end of the first comic. We do find out that the three main Iron Man people are the um, the three scientists of the Marvel Universe, right? Reed Richard, Hank Prim,
2: Tony Stark. So there's our, there's our registered team. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think at some point in the Fantastic Four book prior to Civil War, Reed Richards, you know, through his work with the Illuminati, uh, had predicted that there was going to be some kind of catastrophe due to all the superhero, supervillain activity in the Marvel Universe. So this kind of, um, this is sort of his prophecy or prediction come, come to light. I never noticed She Hulk's butt.
0: Did you notice that? Yes, I did. <laughs> like, oh God? right, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "Is that is that really the shot they needed?" <laughs> yeah. So I'm just to give the listeners an idea of what I was doing. is was just moving into the comic, the second um, yeah. Civil War issue, to see where you know where to start ruining this book for the <laughs> listeners, and uh, on one of these panels. She's talking to Tigra, and it's just a panel of her butt, like just a butt panel. Her butt's very prominent in the foreground. It uh, makes no sense. No. I also thought that She-Hulk wasn't was supposed to be like super tall and not as like perfectly built like a Barbie doll. Um, yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I like that. But I, but <laughs> hey, don't get is, me wrong. <laughs> uh, well,
2: hey, She-Hulk. Hey. <laughs>
0: I like a chick with some muscle tone. The Invisible Woman and Reed Richards are having a back and forth. She has already seen and been um, with uh, her brother who got beaten up earlier, right? And he has not. Richards is doing his thing. And she's trying to talk to him about how they're going to resolve the issue and make everything better for everyone and he is very dismissive and is basically like look i'm dealing with science stuff babe why don't you go take care of bro it i mean you know we talked earlier uh martin Millar just makes everyone hateable and yes. let me tell you that mr fantastic super hateable
2: like i do not like him in this. but it's typical of that character i mean this isn't the first time he's Acted that way. I mean, no. He's very neglectful of his wife and kids because of
0: science. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Sue is like the best mom. Happy Mother's Day to Sue. Like raising kids and um, Rockman and her brother. <laughs> Rockman. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's just a great person all, all around. And she has always played second fiddle, really, to Reed Richards. But she's smart, man. She's a better superhero than he is. Happy Mother's Day, Sue. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Spider-Man and Tony Stark are about to have a live TV conversation, and Spider-Man comes down, takes off his mask, and shows the whole world that he's Peter Parker and that he's joining Tony. That's pretty much everything that happens in the uh, second issue here, though a lot of people uh, were taken into prison and were introduced to Captain America's... uh,
2: Stronghold, which is yeah, basically Cap's gone underground. He's got his uh his army of supporters who are uh, anti-registration, and basically they're trying to um, group and they were trying to assemble, no pun intended, and uh, liberate uh, other anti-registration heroes from um, from Shield. They're trying to rescue them and such. They're using cloak
0: to bring everyone there, right? Right, he's their mode of transportation. And the best part of this book is reaction from Mr. Jameson when (laughs) Peter Parker takes his mask off and shows the world who he is. Yeah. How many times has Peter Parker shown the world who he is?
2: Never Is this the first? Yeah, I mean, as far as the world, yeah, this is the first time he's ever... Do we remember how it was covered up? Because... that was that that, uh, brand new day storyline by uh, I can't remember if it was J. Michael Straczynski or Joe Fasada but basically he made a deal with Mephisto that reverted reality back to what it was prior to him uh, revealing his identity so um, yeah people just magically forgot comic books (laughs) Peter Parker outed himself as Spider-Man but it was a big deal at the time a strong civilian identity as a wife he has his uh, aging aunt that he takes care of uh, you know he's the guy with the most to lose compared to everyone else and he basically comes out as pro-registration and you know regardless of the consequences of him exposing himself and his family like that so yeah, it was a big deal at the time and
0: in the Spider books at this time I think that he had brought his Iron Man head where Tony Stark had basically given him a bunch of money and like a bunch of toys right and then also protection for his family like he was really they making it Stark easy Tower yeah that's right moved that. in the Stark Tower and horrible line soak it up Peter you're you're, you're bigger than Elvis, Elvis now, now. <laughs> yeah because Elvis is yeah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some pretty terrible dialogue in here very broad really bad
1: yeah, basically starts out with, you know, that one shot of uh, Peter Parker in front of all the press. You know, now everybody knows who he is. Uh, and then we cut to Wakanda, Reed Richards saying a bunch of nonsense, while T'Challa is like, you're a douche. He really is. Yeah, well, pretty, pretty much. much.
0: And then... Um, Let's go back to that scene really quick. Though. Yeah, what sure. I really like about it is that... Um, he basically tells Reed Richard to go see his wife, mm-hmm. and then Reed Richards is like, "How awesome is this cool like forest that's made out of robots? Like <laughs> you would even think that the birds are real, but they're not. Like you're not getting it, man. Live life. Stop being such a dick. You're know, getting rained on.
2: Reed's trying to coerce uh, T'Challa to join the whole registration and and uh, come to Tony's side and and support the." Uh, Superhero Registration Act, but to Charles just like, I can't be bothered with that. Uh, I'm king of this African nation, so it wouldn't be wise for me to involve myself in American political affairs. Which is a very political
0: way to say, Mr. Fantastic, you're a dick. <laughs> right? Yeah. Basically. And then from here on out, it's like, I feel like every other page is just, Hey, what's this comic book character doing? Right. Hey, what's this comic book character doing? There's a lot of just sort of snapshots in this issue
1: to sort of cover what does X character think of this whole thing? So you see Doctor Strange's, uh, what's his
2: house called? Oh, the Baxter building? No, oh, where Doctor, Doctor Strange lives. The oh, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctum Sanctorum, Sanctorum. yeah. yeah. I almost forgot to mention, uh, you know, the big obvious hole in this thing. You would wonder, like, where the hell is the Incredible Hulk in all of this? And this was, this will lead into, I guess, our next episode when we talk about, was it, you want to talk about Planet Hulk? Yeah. Basically, at this point prior leading up to Civil War, the Illuminati, Tony Stark, um, Reed Richards, Hank Pym. uh, I think, yeah, Namor is part of the Illuminati, uh, Doctor Strange. I don't remember if T'Challa was or not, but basically they decided that Hulk was too was going to be too much of a wild card in this situation, and they took it upon themselves to launch him in into space. space because they knew no prison on Earth could hold him. So they had found some peaceful planet where he could live out the rest of his days content, you know, and unharmed. But of course. When we talk about Planet Hulk, uh, that turns out to not be the case, but we'll go into that next episode. <laughs> and let me say that Civil War was not a good book,
0: but it sure did set up a yes. lot of amazing books. I I really, really like Planet Hulk. Yeah. I, and also, um, what came right after this is A Secret Invasion, which I thought was really good. And well, get. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Uh, you get uh, Luke Cage as leader of the new Avengers, and that was Bendis at some of his best, you know, on that book. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff's been out of this. At the same time, you had, uh, what, Joss Whedon and his run with, uh, what was it, Astonishing X Men mm-hmm. that was happening? That was really good. Um, Lord, I'm trying to remember what was going on with Daredevil after this. Um, that that Would this have been Brew Brubaker era, if I'm not mistaken? I didn't read Daredevil from this era. But yeah, a lot of stuff uh, spun out of this. A lot of good stuff was happening prior to this. This is of- the manure that helped the flowers grow. <laughs> That's what it is. This was.
0: This is. Th- this is a a way to reboot the Marvel universe without doing without actually having like a Secret Wars or yeah. I mean the whole the everything changed after this book. This book is the most important event that Marvel has ever had, other than. Um, Secret
2: Wars, to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said that this is, say what you will about the series, uh, it's the one big crossover event where the, the aftermath had long-lasting effects on the Marvel Universe as a whole. Yeah. So as Amos was saying,
0: um, Doctor Strange, he said, i am meditate, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: fasting until this is over. Which, I mean, I guess I haven't read a ton of Doctor Strange comics, so I don't really know the extent of his powers, but he just sort of checks out of this whole thing because he's, he's above it or something and somehow fasting and meditating is going to help or, or I don't know. Well, Watu uh, comes to him later, right? Yes. He does, yeah. It's one of those rare
0: times where you see him talk. and I didn't even know he does that. And and then he's like, you're watching too? And <laughs> cool. And Dr. Stranger's like, yeah, I am. And they I'm were both like, cool. Yeah, do you have any like hummus? <laughs>
1: anyway, so then, then we cut to uh, Tony at uh, X-Men headquarters talking to Emma Frost about what, you know whose side the X-Men are going to be on. And she basically says, you know, we want no part of this. Just leave us alone. And that's more or less how that uh, settles out. And then we cut again to Captain America and uh, the Secret Avengers or whatever, whatever they're calling themselves. Um, and this is probably my favorite page in this comic. They all have alter egos. It's Captain America, Hercules, Daredevil, and Goliath. And they've all refashioned themselves as you know different people to uh, maintain their security. My favorite thing is that Daredevil has glasses on.
2: I like that Captain America looks like his secret identity is a really... Buff, he's Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tom Selleck is Paul Bart mall <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. And but I'm, Daredevil, his secret identity is the most troubling because he's a, he's a, a what, an IT engineer or whatever. He says he's but, yeah, an engineer. Yeah, but I'm like, so basically, you're blind and you're pretending to not be blind as Daredevil, but you're also pretending to not be blind as whoever you received What's his name? Peyton what? Peyton Cooper. No, no Cooper, Cooper Peyton. Cooper Peyton. Like, there's
0: only one blind guy in the devil's kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, wait a minute, is that guy blind? It's Daredevil. Get him.
2: Yeah, like, he looks like he's supposed to be a person with sight. I don't know if Mark Millar forgot yeah, the Daredevil blind. That's what it looks like. But it's like, when people look into your dead eye, your dead, <laughs> milky white eyes, they're going to ask you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you qualified for this job? Anyway.
1: Yeah, so they're all in the diner discussing their plans like you do. And then uh, there's an emergency that happens, so they all suit up. And Captain America and his whole posse go to this chemical factory where they think something's up. Turns out it's a trick from Tony Stark and his group. And uh, they get ambushed. There's a
0: big old fight. There's some talking i like how uh to i I like the things that cap did to iron man to make it an equal fight like there's like a little bug that they put on i like that tech there was anti-iron man tech that um that shield had uh created just in case they had to fight iron man so then it's captain america versus iron man some really great action scenes i mean the art here is pretty pretty good um it's very uh, everything's on fire when they're fighting, and that's cool. Well I think they were there to put out the fire. Mm, that's right, it's a chemical plant. Yeah, yeah, because to to trap a bunch of superheroes you blow up a a uh, nuclear plant, that's not gonna hurt anyone. Anyway,
1: so yeah, they're they're all kicking each other's asses and then you see a big lightning strike hit Hercules and everybody's like, what? Oh my god! And then the last panel is
2: Thor holding up a big hammer. Now the thing I have to point out is that Thor had been dead for right. at least a couple years uh, at this point. You know, uh, How did he die this
0: time? It was He's Ragnarok. Right.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the whole uh, the Norse mythological, mythological event of Ragnarok occurred and basically Thor and all the other Norse gods had died. Civil War, number four.
0: Last time, Thor showed up to the fight, where it's every superhero fighting ever. I feel also like um, every time they show She-Hulk, it's just her butt. (laughs) If you notice, in 3 again, (laughs) there was her butt. I don't know why they keep doing that. Um, I guess She-Hulk's gonna get her time to shine. (laughs) Do we know before... now
2: that Thor is just like a um robot. No, I no. don't know that yet. No, okay. that was a surprising thing because you thought that somehow Thor had returned from the dead and he was on Tony's side. He was pro-registration, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Thor wouldn't care. Yeah. Well,
0: so in the fight, Iron Man is beating the shit out of Captain America right. and Captain America's almost dead and he then he gets saved by I think uh uh, Sam Wilson and Hercules and Thor's kicking all of Cap's T's but yeah, I mean Thor's is just Thor's being an ass and destroying everyone. And uh, Maria Hill is the one who called him in. Let's oh, remember right. that Tony Stark didn't even call him in. It right. was Maria. It was like pull. I don't even know what the his nickname was. It was like code name Lightning or something like yeah, that. Yeah, great code names. <laughs> who could that be? Code name Lightning Bolt guy. <laughs> Um, Lightning Viking. Lightning Viking. Lightning Viking. I like that. <laughs> and Sue is the one who saves everyone. Sue puts her uh, force field around the surviving members. Oh, you forgot the big thing that happens. Yeah. And right before that, <laughs> which is the most important part of the whole book that I just skipped, is that uh, Thor a robot Thor cloned they call him Chlor the internet started calling him Chlor okay good enough thank you internet (laughs) Chlor thank you for Chlor thank you for Chlor takes his lightning bolt powers and shoots a hole through what's his name Goliath Goliath what is the guy's name Bill Foster let's say his name three times Bill Foster (laughs) Bill Foster Bill Foster was a man
2: (laughs) (laughs) isn't that what they did in Fight Club I have no idea. Yeah, his name was Robert Paulson. Yeah. His name was Ro- was Bill Foster. <laughs> his name was Bill Foster.
0: His name was Bill Foster. He was Goliath. Huge hole. Yeah. Huge, Huge hole. Clearly dead. Clearly yeah. dead. No, there's no way that you could read this of book like, oh, he might, he might make it. No, he did not make it. Huge hole.
2: Well, Goliath is a character that they hadn't used in the Marvel you in such a long time so I think he kind of was obviously the sacrificial lamb because he hadn't had his own book or appeared anywhere else in years. So it's kind of awkward for him to show up all of a sudden. It was pretty cool though. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Get ready for the shortest comeback in history Thor. Clora says I don't think so. Laser beam through Goliath. Everything Thor says is super
1: lame. I think in this uh, yeah. fight. <laughs> I like I don't think so. Right? It's mostly. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, glorious! What, what, what that old English, you know, Viking speak thrown in there, verily. There are yeah Have a silly me.
1: number
0: of butt shots.
2: There's the so fight. many
0: butt shots. Is this who is that? Is that it number? Dazzler? Dagger? Yeah. Dagger. Oh, Dagger. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dagger of Cloak and Daggers got her butt showing, and it's ripped. Her pants are ripped open to show a little bit of flesh. Who did it's... the art on this? Steve
2: and them. Good art. He's like a... You <laughs> a butt every three pages. But there, yeah, there
0: are many. Uh, well, with this many superheroes, there's got to be a few people turned around, but not <laughs> this much. Uh, you so... never see Iron Man's butt. Um, His iron butt iron this is <laughs> no good. <laughs> That needs to be a superhero. His iron pantalones. Uh, so Sue Storm saves everyone, kinda. I mean, she puts the... Um, so what happens is she puts a force field around the surviving members, and then... Of Captain America's Of team. Captain America's team. Yeah, so this is her switching sides. Yep, this is the big switch for her. And someone... T- cable? Is that yeah, Cable? Yeah, Cable. Cable touches um, cloak, cloak and uses Cloak's powers... To then transfer everyone back to uh, the safe Yeah, Cloak's been knocked
2: unconscious, so Cable's able to telepathically access Cloak's power, since he's unconscious, to teleport everybody back. He's pretty much the only mutant that's uh, fighting for Well, at some point, like, you know, in the previous issue, you see Bishop from the X Men take Tony Stark to the side to talk to him after he's been turned down by uh, Emma Frost. But you don't know what comes of that because unless you were reading whatever Civil War X Men tie in side book there was, I'm sure that conversation was carried over in something else. But it does not happen here in the main miniseries. It starts, but it doesn't conclude. And. That's the fru- That was the frustrating thing trying to read this trade paper. Like that there's so much stuff that happens off screen that isn't explained in the context of the book, and it's like it's not a satisfying read. No, it's life. almost impossible. It, no, it is impossible
0: to read Civil War one through seven and make sense of the story at all. You just can't. No, you can't. You have to read the whole thing. I've read. I read the whole thing when it came out, and when I was yeah. reading it, I enjoyed it much more than when it was over. When it was over, I was like, "Wow." <laughs> Man, fast forward to Avengers Tower. Everyone is kind of glum. Yeah. Because they killed. Goliath. They just killed someone. They killed Goliath. Spider-Man's like, "Why am I here? Are you okay, Hank?" Well, everyone's having a change of heart, more or less. Everyone's wondering if they're doing the right thing. Uh, the look on Hank's face. <laughs> well,
2: you know, I'll say this. I mean, since we're kind of halfway through, I mean, let's examine the whole issue of anti-registration or pro-registration. I feel like the pro-registration people have a very strong and valid point as to why they take that side. Captain America basically dupes everybody into following him just by virtue of being Captain America. But if you really break down his stance, it's like, well, okay, what is it that you're wanting to fight against? And it's like, you know, if you're anti-registration, that's fine. But basically, all you're saying is you want, you don't want another law made that allows you. Basically, he wants the right. He was all superheroes are breaking the law anyway by being vigilantes. So basically, he 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 wants to keep breaking the law. That's really what he's fighting for. It's not 1940 anymore. Right. And when it when it was in the
0: 1940s, he was one of the only superheroes around. I mean, not really, right. but I mean, there wasn't so
2: many. But he was
0: fighting a war. And he was fighting a war, like he and was... he was.
1: Base, I mean, he was a soldier. He fought for the government, yeah, yeah, via the military. So it's strange to me in a way that he takes this stance. You know, it's not like like you could see someone like the Punisher thinking this way, but Captain America has always worked within the system. You know, he is a government agent.
0: Yeah, the it they mixed the what Iron Man and that half of the Illuminati did wrong was they mixed this science for the sake of science with the pro-registration. And that's what mudded, muddled it all up. There was too many secrets. They were creating fake Thors. They were doing all of these things for the in in the guise that it was for helping America and getting, getting everyone in line. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't. They were doing it because they're selfish. And I think that that is what the reader sees and why I want to hate Tony Stark and the pro-registration but if you really think about it pro-registration I mean it makes much more sense because you can't have I mean New York cannot get blown up every summer right (laughs) and that's what's been happening Back to the comic book. Everyone on the pro registration side is really sad. They bury Goliath. Yeah, I, I got to that panel. Come on. I was like, this is oh ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Pim, are you telling me you can't shrink a man down?
2: Aren't you kind of known for that? Isn't that what you do? <laughs> Isn't that what you do? And so there's this huge coffin. He says, like, 37 plots.
1: Yeah, 37 burial plots to bury <laughs> Goliath. And he's in a I mean, he's like wrapped up in a tarp. <laughs> he's, he's wrapped up he's in a tarp. He's not dirt. in any kind of coffin. He's, he's just...
0: just they like, just bury him, is, chain him up. He's, he's I mean, like I, half imagine, mummified. Imagine that he, shot.
1: It's a bunch of cranes
0: carrying this dead body. Yeah. In this gigantic... It's so silly. so silly. I love it even more that his wife shows up. And she's like, it's okay. I get it. No, Shit happens. No, that's not. I and thought that was, was that? his wife.
2: That was the lady whose little kid sp- died in that the was explosion. A- that was the human oh, loogie. Yeah. That <laughs> makes so
0: much more sense. I thought it was Goliath's wife. I did too when I first read that. Oh, so she shows up. She's even unlikable. Her kid died and I still hate her.
2: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> Yeah, she she. You gotta work hard to overcome that sympathy. All right, so she shows up with an Iron Man figure yes. at the funeral. Right. Oh man, how. Fuck and up she's is very that? callous about you know she's like,
1: "Don't feel bad. He committed a crime. If he hadn't committed this crime, he'd still be alive." Yeah. And, and she <laughs> likens the whole the
2: situation funeral. to a cop shooting a perpetrator. Mm. And I was like, uh, which just kind of rings hollow, like. Yeah. Real, this That was supposedly Iron Man's friend and co-worker. You know, I, I, she shows up so much in the comic book. And she
0: I, does. I, of all of the characters that you have at your disposal, you bring this character in over and over and over to, I guess, humanize
2: the decision. Well, basically she's telling you telling that... You know, he did the right. He was doing his job. So. She's she is the manifestation of his conscience, basically, for this for this comic. Book. Yeah, which I don't get the impression is so much Tony's conscience that's guiding him, other than his fear of bad publicity. You know, for the superhero community. Yeah.
0: So we're reading Sue Storm's letter mm-hmm. to her husband right before she leaves. Right. And she's like, "Look, I cooked you fish for your." Omega fatty
2: acids. (laughs) She served him his favorite red wine, which is healthy for his heart or whatever. And she gave it to him hard. Yes.
0: Um, for his immune system. For his immune system. <laughs> <laughs> that entire thing was so weird.
2: Well, it's funny because it's all these tender gestures and stuff, but she has to couch it in terms of scientific benef- you know, health benefits. Is that for him to understand? For him it? to understand. Yeah. God, you know, like how Asperger's the they are there.
0: Read Richard's. He's a total Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what I really hate about her letter? is that she says, I hope I don't look like a coward for leaving this way. Why would you say that? You're doing the right thing. He's an idiot. He's (laughs) doing horrible things. He made a Norse god robot that killed someone. (laughs) You're doing the right thing by leaving. And she's still just such a devout wife and slash slave to him. Man, we hate Reed. (laughs) I do. Yeah, he's I don't him. hate him in Secret Wars though. No, he's great. He's no, no, like a different Secret character. <laughs> it's totally. It's like the New Testament versus the Old Testament. It's two different gods here. He comes across in Civil War
1: a lot more like the ultimate uh, Reed Richards. Yeah. Me. He's just
0: completely calloused and clueless. Or maybe he learns from this mistake in yeah. Secret for Secret Wars. Um, I still hate Iron Man more though, internet, just to let you know. <laughs> Uh, but she leaves, and he wakes up to the Dear John letter. And then so many people have l- have left the pro-registration side because of Goliath's death mm-hmm. that they've got to release bad guys to fight as good b- good guys, a.k.a. bringing back the Thunderbolts, which, great Marvel comics of Thunderbolts. Yeah. I mean, going back... To the very beginning of the Thunderbolts, yeah, eh, not everyone, but
2: every like every other run of the Thunderbolts are great comics. It's a it's a well, you know, the first one is a, it's a neat concept because that was what post uh, heroes reborn, mm-hmm. you know the the. Marvel Universe is devoid of the Avengers and and everybody else. So you have this new superhero team that shows up, which secretly is the Masters of Evil, led by Baron Zemo. So I mean, that was a neat little thing that this superhero team turned out to actually be supervillains, but this is around the time in Civil War, this is the time when Warren Ellis was writing uh, Thunderbolts, and basically they had taken that concept and turned it into uh, Marvel's variation of the Suicide Squad, where you know, we get these supervillain criminals, and we use them for these suicide missions for the government's benefit. Great bad guy choices, too. Um,
0: what is that, Lady Strike? Okay, Lady Death Lady Death Jack Lantern. Venom. Um, bad guy from Daredevil. Bullseye, Bullseye.
2: Taskmaster. I can't remember that chick's name with the red and white hair. I know she was in the original. She has and around her as well. She's powered yeah. by Moon. Moonstone? is He has Moon something. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon <laughs> shows up. Horrible woman. That's a bad guy. God, she's <laughs> awful.
0: She killed all the rest of her
1: sisters. Okay, so we're on issue five. This one sort of confused me as I was reading it because it seems to jump. Forward in time. I don't know if other events were covered in the tie-ins to this uh, event, but this issue opens up with Sue Storm and Johnny Storm escaping from you know the Shield agents who are hunting them down because you know Sue is now on the side of uh, the sort of vigilante Captain America people. Um, so it opens with a big firefight with them. And then you cut to Stark Tower where two people I'd never even heard of are having a conversation. Well, one's Nighthawk. But uh, who is Stature?
2: Oh, uh, she is... Um, she was the Young Avenger version of Giant Man. Okay. I can't remember. I think it's uh, Ant-Man. Not Hank Pym, but the Paul Rudd's character from the movie. Uh, Scott, no, Scott, Scott, yeah, Lang. Scott... Scott Lang. Scott Lang. His... I thought... That's his protege or whatever. Okay. She's the giant girl or whatever. Okay. <laughs> Worst name. So and Birdman yeah. and
1: Giant Girl are talking to uh Happy about joining the Iron Man side of the whole conflict. They left because
0: they were scared, let's be honest yeah. here. Right. And and they and they have reason to be frightened because Robot Clore shot a hole through a man right he's a, he's a clone and a robot he's, he's they a, took a cyborg sword. they took a, yeah they took a strand they said that, <laughs> Thor's hair um, how paranoid do you have to be the first time you meet someone take a piece of their hair and then they're like paranoid or future thinking or something <laughs> like. really really bad
1: um, so anyway then we cut to upstairs in Avengers Tower where Iron Man and Spider-Man are arguing because Spider-Man is starting to think that he is not on the side of justice by joining Iron Man in the pro-registration camp. So they have a big fight. One guy kicks the other guy's ass. Another guy kicks another guy's ass. Um, Spider-Man jumps out the window, and then we cut to the Thunderbolts who are all standing around in a room while Maria Hill is angry. (laughs) <laughs> is Murray Hill ever not Pretty much angry? always angry. And then we cut again to Spider-Man running through some sewers. He's being uh, chased
0: by members of the Thunderbolts. Um, what is that guy? It throws pumpkin heads. Yes. Jack-O- no. Lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern's Jack-O-Lantern an awesome character that's not used that much.
1: Um. Yeah, so you've got Jack-o'-lantern and the Jester who are uh, chasing Spider-Man around. And they pretty much corner him and... Uh, are about to put the serious hurt on him, and then all of a sudden, Jack O' Lantern's head explodes, <laughs> which was pretty satisfying. But I was also surprised that there wasn't a human. Yeah, in it was that just head. pumpkin. It's head. Just <laughs> a pumpkin. <laughs> head. You can actually see like his body is slumped on the ground, and there is, you know, pumpkin material <laughs>
0: coming Gosh. out of his head. It looks looks so gross. No blood. <laughs> just yeah, just
1: pumpkin. Just flaming pumpkin. Yeah, Jester on the other hand has a head and he gets shot in the (laughs) head as well so yeah spider-man is saved by someone we can't quite know who has very
0: specific looking boots right yeah if those
1: are punisher boots i don't know what are (laughs) you know punisher boots anyway so we then cut to johnny and sue storm (laughs) and sue storm who have taken on alter egos because they are joining captain america's side and they're pretending to be a husband and wife, which I assume would be pretty gross. He says something about it. Yeah, he's like... What, what a waste see? of a panel, though. Hey, let's make an incest joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they have joined Captain America's group. And then here's another gratuitous butt shot. I Whose mean, butt is that? I don't even know who that is. Uh, some lady... She's got a snake in her hair. She's got a snake. Anyway, so all of Captain America's group are sitting around discussing you know, their next move... Captain America is jacked up. Yeah, he's yes. got a lot of band aids on. <laughs> he looks hurt. Yeah, because Iron Man whooped his ass. Yep. And then we cut to Punisher walks in with uh, a severely beaten
0: Spider-Man I mean, in his what arms. An awesome full page though. Yeah. Uh, it's Punisher sitting there, blood on his boots, holding up um, a, a destroyed Iron Spider, and get me a medic now.
1: I don't know. That's a, that's a
0: great page.
1: And then everyone is like, why is the Punisher here? We can't let him. He's a crazy person. Blah, 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 blah. Instead of, let's help Spider-Man. Right, <laughs> They're right. like, the Punisher? Get him out of here and take that spider with you. Yeah, so there's, there's a whole bunch of words. Boring words.
0: <laughs> and then... Um, Wait, well, there's, there's one thing, right? Oh, right,
1: yeah. And I actually, like, just sort of went right over that as I was uh, reading this the first time. So... It's alluded to or basically revealed that Tigra... Is it Tigra or or Tigra Tigra, is a mole in the Captain America camp, and she is working for Tony Stark and the pro-registration.
0: And this makes sense because she has had an on-and-off relationship with with Hank. Uh, Yeah, so the rest of the issue is just
1: uh, a couple pages showing Daredevil being caught by the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and he is removed to... uh, whatever they call it, room 42, the the negative negative zone. zone. So this is where Tony Stark is keeping all of the rogue uh, superheroes. And uh, Daredevil does something that probably only he thinks is cool. Where he he gives Tony Stark a piece of silver and calls it Judas. And uh, that's the end of issue five. So it looks like things are going well for the pro-registration group. And Captain America and his allies have their back to the wall.
0: Guess that's 31 pieces of silver you've got now, huh? Sleep well, Judas. I just imagine Tony Stark going, oh, good one. i sorry. Yeah, Daredevil's like uh, high-fiving himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, gotcha. <laughs> Bible Judas. joke. Tony and Maria's plan throughout this whole thing is state by state we're going to have Avengers for every state. There's going to be a policed state by specific super people. There's going to be a camp in which those super people um, hone in on their powers and become a military-trained unit. So at this point, we are shown Shield Base Arizona where everyone is kind of learning how to be that um, those superheroes. And they're also genetically engineering gods if you guys didn't catch that they're making a new Ares, they're making a new hercules um you know it's pretty messed up and what is i was sort of confused by how that
2: ties in like why are they making some sort of clone hermes and aphrodite instead and what does that have to do with anything so they can control them because they may not necessarily find people with those powers but somebody that they build.
1: No. I feel like there's a, another story that I'm missing as far as why they're pulling these Greek
0: god-inspired figures into this, because it's not referenced anywhere else in the story. I, I did not read... I, did not, I do not know of any books in which they only talk about the genetic engineering of the robot gods. But yeah. I also didn't read the Fantastic Run. Did you... Read the Fantastic Four run of the Civil War? No, not at all. So, it, it probably was in that. Then. Right. I, I so, in say. any case, they're they're raising up their own
1: army of, of uh, you know, what, what will basically be superpower government
0: agents. Yep. And Punisher is like, Hey, I know how to get into the Baxter building. And that's how he kind of joins Cap's team. So, Cap is like, All right, send the man in. And so... He gets sent in, and he's crawling up some shaft that's filled with bubbles. <laughs> like, blue blue bubbles. Reed Richards' antibody bubbles. Yes. Antibody bubbles. I guess that's kind of neat.
1: Yeah. I liked what Captain America said. Reed used the human body as inspiration for security this month. And I'm like, does he come up with some elaborate security plan
0: every month? Of he's course a, he does. He's OCD. He's a nut. Boo, Reed. <laughs> Read, read, read. So they break in and successfully get a bunch of information. What information did they get again? I don't remember. I don't know. It's part they trying to figure out how to access the
2: prison. Yeah, so
0: they, they find out about the prison, how to access the prison, where the prison is. Um, and that makes sense because Mr. Fantastic is the person who discovered the negative zone. And he does have a portal in the negative zone out of the Baxter building. Uh, so that all makes sense. And then, because it makes so much sense... Uh the and Miss Sue goes down to see Namor and uh she's like hey Namor, help us fight because it because you should. And he's like, Why have you been sent down here? Is it because they know about our relationship? And Sue is like, What are you talking about? We don't have a relationship. And this panel is Namor, Underwater, Cape Flapping. Groin yes. pushed forward, <laughs> scaly underwear this theme is, not is shown, and this then the makeup for right Yeah, <laughs> so, well, we need name worse crotch. <laughs> and then he takes his finger and like tries to put on her mouth, but she has like a breathing apparatus, so it just looks super awkward. Has, Everything like, about <laughs> that experience That's is just awkward. A, shh, that kind of moment. That, say no more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It tells, and it tells a very different story from the lies upon your lips. Namor is creepy. God, Namor is so creepy. (laughs) Um, And Namor only likes women who are already taken. He also joined the X Men for a while and was super into Cyclops's girl, um, the, the White Queen. The White Queen, and there was always like this awkward sexual tension between those two. And Cyclops would just go around like beaming stuff out of his head, like "Come on guys, let's fight evil!" And and Namor would always be like, "I'm here." And then uh,
2: White Queen would always be like, "You smell like fish." <laughs> but I think there's there's more to that because it's not just like an unavailable woman. It's it's also he apparently has a thing for blondes. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the case. Yeah. But what is his? So I'm I've never really read
1: much about his character specifically. What is his background? Because he seems to be allied with the good guys, but he's a dick.
2: Well, a lot of that kind of goes back to Namor's uh, previous portrayal in the Marvel car- uh, Marvel comics because he's one of the older. Yeah. He's as old as Captain America. Uh-huh. Like he's a World War II era character. But uh, I mean, He protected Captain America's
0: frozen body in the sea, right? He
2: was uh yeah, I mean he was part of the reason like when Cap Cap was found frozen, it was Namor who came upon him and such. But they were World War Two buddies. Yeah. I think Namor was the one who may have brought him back to um, to to the Avengers, if I'm not mistaken. He facilitated that. But no, uh Namor's origin is that he's half human, half Atlantean. Okay. That's why, so that's why he's see, not blue. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, that's why he can exist above water and below water, but, you know, he's got that whole thing that if he stays out of water for too long, he goes crazy. Yeah, oh. It's um, what happens uh, when
0: you have sex with a mermaid. Fair. <laughs> create that but, anymore. more
2: But, uh, yeah, Namor's thing is because he's been portrayed as a villain and sometimes as a hero because sometimes he would just have his Atlantean army randomly attack New York City and other times he'd be fighting, you know, the Nazis in World War II. So it's just because the character's always been portrayed unevenly. I like
0: his character because Namor is for Namor is for Namor. Whatever is best for him. Like, is he a good guy? yeah is he a bad guy meh nah. it's really like what's best for his people right. he he's a lot like um, he's a lot like T'Challa in that way yeah it's, it's, like that's he's, why they butt
2: heads so much
0: T'Challa but T'Challa t- seems to have a more more moral evolved moral compass yeah. yeah well you don't have to live under the sea <laughs> <You> can't <laughs> smell good
2: But but that's, and that's the one thing I'll point out is you remember at this time, not only was Namor a member of the Illuminati, which was a team of superheroes who were kind of controlling things to favor mankind, Namor was also a member of the Cabal, which was a secret organization of supervillains. Yeah. Because you remember the the Illuminati, they were all the, the, uh, like, he had Doctor Strange as the representative of magic. Reed Richards is the representative of science, Dr. Strange, uh, you know, er, uh, everyone, I'm sorry, who did I say ma- represent magic? Uh, Dr. Strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, everyone was kind of like the top of their field. Charles Xavier was a member. He represented all the disabled people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> so yeah, you had to sort of the same thing with the cabal and Namor unbeknownst to both sides was a member of both. And
0: it ends with just that awkward panel of Namor caressing her lips. And then it goes into... um, (laughs) This is probably my favorite panel. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just the gratuitous nonsense of the Punisher. So we find that Spider-Man's healed up, and they've got the information they want. Cap and Punisher are talking. And then, um, like, the beetle and uh i don't even know gold bug something like that (laughs) about to be dead bugs so some bad guys show up and they're like hey we're um we're super villains and we don't like this either you want to team up because there's super villains on the pro registration side so let's do this and the punisher just (laughs) shoots them (laughs) it's yeah it's them them and two pretty long dialogue bubbles and then the next panel it's bullets going into their heads and the um, Punisher doing what he does Captain America then just starts beating on um, Frank Castle and beats the shit out of him and then he's, and then uh, Captain America's like fight you coward and then Frank Castle's like not against you because you're a good guy well because you're Captain America and then so Spider-Man says are you kidding me? Cap's probably the reason he went to Vietnam same guy different war and then Cap turns around he's like wrong Frank Castle is insane that, that's actually my favorite dialogue of that the is, whole thing. See, I wanted,
1: like, I liked, you know, Spider Man's perspective on that, but then I, I kind of wish Captain America had maybe elucidated more about why they are different, other than
0: Frank Castle being crazy. Okay, so this is how I took it I took it as, um, Captain America was giving an emotional response, yeah. and that that that, that what Spider Man was actually tr- said was oh, true. Oh, it's true. Yeah, and could, and, maybe. and Captain America knew that, and instead of like saying anything, he's like just like wrong. He's insane. <laughs> wrong.
2: Well. I- you know, it is a it is a very astute uh, take on Spider Man's part that yeah basically they're the same guy at their core, just different situations. There was an attitude that was prevalent in America at the time that somehow you know soldiers who fought in World War II were more noble or breed than right. say soldiers who fought during Vietnam, but you know they're both patriotic, they're both doing it for their country, but somehow you know got World War II guys thought that oh well. We're a different cut than Vietnam soldiers. And it's like, no, you know, both of you guys had instances of shell shock and PTSD, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's the same damn thing. Just a lot of heroin in Vietnam. I-, I think it's also the arrogance that just, that scene was very evident of Captain America's uh, arrogance yep. in this whole situation. And somehow he was above reproach and because the whole.
0: The, I mean, and can I just say that I really enjoyed Captain America's design mm-hmm. in this uh, comic book because he still has the wings mm-hmm. on the side of his hat, um, and on the side of his hood, and, and that the wings have been taken away to make him look like newer in, mm-hmm. in certain comics, and I think the wings need to stay. Wings above your ears. <laughs> All right, so to speed along, they start to speed along to the end of this comic, and the cap. Team Cap takes Cloak, goes into the Negative Zone with all of their people, and then who's there? Iron Man and all of his buddies. Um, can I also backtrack and say that the, the Sentry is there. Right. Uh, the Sentry could destroy everyone. He, to me, he's a, a powerful enough that he should not have been in the comic, because whenever I see the Sentry, I think he's like a world killer. I mean, he's basically like Hyperion. Is this Yeah, like kind of, he,
2: he was Marvel's Superman. Until they needed a different Superman, they got Hyperion. Well, yeah, well, Hyperion actually is the first, Marvel's first take on Superman because Squadron Supreme that's really true. was the Justice League verbatim. I, I don't even know why they wrote Sentry in to just kill
0: him a few years later. Whatever. That, that's a whole nother rant. Um, so, then Iron Man's like, oh, Tigra. Tigra has been on the inside. And the Captain America's like, oh, Tigra? Oh, we knew about Tigra, but did you know about Hulkling? And Hulkling is uh, Hank Pym, right? Yeah, he's
2: been disguised. He's been
0: disguised as Hank Pym. And then they're like, oh, that means that uh, all of these cages can be opened and the fight is going to be much more serious now. And so the fight gets much more serious. And (laughs) that's the beginning of the final comic. And it's just one long fight. And that's the problem with this last comic, is that you have too many superheroes to really write a good comic. I feel bad for anyone listening to this, because the last comic is really hard to explain, other than it's one long fight, and then Iron Man and Captain America fight. And then Captain America
2: gives up. Well, you know, it's just kind of indicative of, um, you know... Marvel crossovers it's like you, you, you read the first two issues and then the last because everything in the middle is basically fluff but no I mean yeah it's a big fight scene that starts off in the negative zone prison and somehow inadvertently they wind up spilling out into the actual streets of New York where they continue the fight amongst all the people and you see the cops are trying to evacuate everyone and you know Tony's army Cap's army they're just going at it you know Totally ignorant of you know all the damage that they're causing around them, and at some point, uh, Captain America gets Captain uh, uh, Tony Stark or Iron Man down the ground, and he's about to finish him off with his shield when Cap is all of a sudden subdued by a group of police officers and rescue workers and general citizens on the street, and they they force Cap to realize that basically Cap makes the argument that we're doing this to save people's lives and they're like man are you aware of how ironic that sounds and they make him look up and see that they're destroying the city with this war of theirs and Cap is so disheartened by his ignorance and blindness to this whole situation that he just quits he's like you know what I surrender war is over and uh, Captain America is arrested and then you get a mono oh, what's the word a, a montage of the events following civil war and it feels like everything is getting
0: set up for future comics like going back to what i said is this comic book was the manure for all of the flowers <laughs> <forms. laughs> it's setting up the stage for so many good comics to come and oh,
2: yeah. this seven comic run is not good Well, you had, what, Matt Fraction's uh, Champions book, which a lot of people speak highly of. You had um, Frank Cho on the Mighty Avengers. Like I said, Bendis uh, doing New Avengers with Luke Cage running the team. That's the best that book's ever been, in my opinion. Uh, Whedon was doing Astonishing X-Men. I mean, just so much was going on in the Marvel Universe post-Civil War. I mean... Some really great comics. Um, And and the
0: last last page is... We find out that... Tony Stark is now the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of Department of Defense or whatever. Yeah, he's graduated. He's graduated, I guess. And they're starting up all of the statewide Avenger teams. Thunderbolts are going to Oregon. um, And... Uh, think and then and then we do have some comic books that are just like the California Avengers and then uh, the Nebraska Defenders or something <laughs> like that uh, corn powered superheroes. <laughs> um, yeah, every, every
2: state gets a themed you know group of superheroes like like uh, Texas gets like what they get a Native American. Uh, so I, can't, I can't remember Red Wolf. They get Red Wolf. They get uh, Ghost Rider, and not like Spirit of Vengeance motorcycle Ghost Rider. It's like old cowboy oh, yeah, Ghost right. Rider and Armadillo. I mean, it's like yeah, these are all characters that they're like thematic to what, the state what of does Texas. North Carolina. Get um, like a tobacco leaf that can. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I can
0: tell you. I can tell you for sure there were no transgendered uh, superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy who's a
1: basketball player. There's gotta
0: be some pig fiend. Yes. Yeah, a barbecue man. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue man, barbecue man. Is it vinegar or is it tomato? Either way, he's delicious. Uh, but anyways, the last three panels, you're look- you're staring into Tony Stark's beautiful eyes. <laughs> And he's speaking with the uh, mother of the. Damien, the kid who was killed. One yeah. of the children who was killed. L- Lugi, mom. And uh, she's like, he's like, look at all this stuff that's going to happen. And he, in the last, man, the last two lines of this book are awful. It's him speaking to her and he says, oh, the best is yet to come, sweetheart. You know, he boned her later. That's like a, a promise. One. Oh, God. <laughs> God, I'm so glad that comic book's over. <laughs> now, let me tell you, the comic book is worse than how we depicted it, and we did a poor job depicting this comic. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but now that we can... Now that we don't have to go page by page and kind of spoil this comic... If it's ten years old, I'm not worried about spoiling
2: it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some people who want to read it in lieu of seeing the movie. Yeah.
0: So okay. don't, don't.
2: We're here to enjoy the movie for what it is.
0: Read, read um read the, Wiki, the Wikipedia of Civil War and read the comic books that come after it. There are some really great comic books. Uh, uh, Planet Hulk, Secret
2: Invasion. Um, oh, hell, you had the whole Dark Reign storyline where uh, oh, Norman... Yeah. Well, basically, they kind of reveal what could go wrong with the whole pro-registration act and basically uh, you get... Um, because of the events of Secret Invasion Norman Osborn becomes Head of S.H.I.E.L.D. which he renames Hammer and he's trying to get at all these superheroes identities I really liked Dark Reign. that was very good I thought stuff. Dark Rain was really cool there was a bad
0: X-Men group yeah. uh, it, it built up a really fun universe to write comics in yeah that's what this comic book did and this comic book um, was bad but <laughs> everything that came after was really good so that's our review Civil War meh but, pretty awesome afterwards. So let's uh, finish off our show, like we always finish off our show, with Kill, Keep, or Reboot. Ta-da! <laughs> this is a segment in which we talk about either a character or a comic book line that we need to kill, or that we really like what's going on, let's keep, let's keep going with this. Or let's go ahead and reboot the, the comic or the character, uh, and give it a different spin who would like to go
2: first I would like to see them reboot Starman over at DC Comics uh, I love James Robinson and Tony Harris's run I, I think that is some wonderful comic book writing and I mean that book at that time was a reboot but that's been over almost 20 years since that character has last been in, in, in a book. I would like to see DC take a stab. Maybe not necessarily Jack Knight's version of Starman, but I would like to see Starman show up again. So, reboot Starman.
0: I'll go next. Um, the current Spider-Man book that I've been reading, that I think is the most current, he is... It's interesting because he... Peter Parker is this billionaire now, and his bodyguard is Spider-Man. That's kind of cool. It's very Iron Man. Yeah, it's very. It, that's kind of cool. But what isn't cool is the Zodiac fighting. There's like a Zodiac team that they're fighting, and it's like, Cancer Boy and um, <laughs> yeah. well, Gemini. Zodiac's yeah. an
2: old Spider-Man villain, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yeah.
0: And it's awful. It's, <laughs> it's really just... It, so the Zodiac is basically one of the, um, part owners of Peter Parker Industries, and he is a bad guy doing bad things, and it's just, it's so hokey, and not even, like, hokey in a Spider-Man kind of way. I'm just gonna be glad when it's done. So, let's get rid of the Zodiac, but let's keep the interesting dichotomy of Spider-Man being his own bodyguard. That's kind of cool. It's really neat. And Spider-Man being rich is really good. And failing to kind of like be a really good businessman, like he failed at being a good husband or a boyfriend, mm-hmm. depending on what Spider-Man you're into. How did he become a billionaire? Because out of Spider-Verse, um, when Spider-Man was embodied by Doc Ock, mm-hmm. Doc Ock came up with all these Things. Parker Industries. Parker Industries was headed up by Doc Ock and they made a bunch of money when he was gone, when Spider Man was gone. (laughs) And so when he came back, he was like, I'm a billionaire now? (laughs) What? And also, uh, Doc Ock is in like this, his consciousness is is in a robot robot. (laughs) that's like a square robot that only says like bleep bloop. And uh, that's very funny. So there's some good stuff happening in Spider-Man, so I I would say pick it up and read it after like a trade or or a volume even. That's where I am with that. Kill the Zodiac. Never bring him back. (laughs) Any of them. Any of them. Uh, I would say,
1: you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit behind on what's current because of Marvel Unlimited being what it is. But uh, I'm not that crazy about the recent uh, Nova comics. Um, I can't remember his name. Sam Alexander. Yeah, he's like a
0: 12-year-old. I do not like yeah. I mean Nova should have died in space they they could have they could have brought him back they brought back Star-Lord why did they bring him back I'm seriously still sad about that he was such an awesome comic book character yeah so yeah that's something that I would not have a problem seeing change he's gonna be around for a while though. he's the young Avengers or yeah him and uh, the new Miss Marvel um like the, their whole team hmm. Meh, I'm with you. But maybe it's for younger readers, which we are not.
2: Nope. We're old readers. <laughs> are
1: We're there younger readers? I wonder how many teenagers read comics.
2: Hey, days. not as many as you think. Hey, I, all I those cool teenagers out there, many. tweet at us. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, mean, it's, I feel like it's pretty much all dudes in their 30s. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, from uh, from us three to all of the internet... From us three to you four. (laughs) From from us three to you four. That might be generous. It's just us. It's the four of us. No, it's the three of us and David. (laughs) Yeah, Smiley Dave listening. Four people listening. (laughs) And possibly possibly girlfriends and wives, though not my wife. Um, Or my... Aw. Lonely tears. Anyways, from us to you, Mr. Internet... Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. We're going to review Planet Hulk, which is a much better comic book. And uh, we're going to talk about how Hulk becomes so chiseled and skinny and rules a planet. It's pretty neat. So we'll talk to you guys in a week or two. Bye.